Welcome to Anvil Live at Five. We're uh, fucking live everywhere and, now. Um, my, in your bed my sheets. Twitch channel as well. Oh, oh cool. Desmond Black's Twitch channel. That's cool. Yeah, we're coming to you. We're coming where, through your window. Yeah, we're, we're checking your tax, your tax records. Yeah, checking your tax records. Save the children. Is I'm mine way louder now? No, oh. I turned you down. Oh, okay, did you? Yeah, but you're speaking right yeah. up into it. Usually it's a bit further away. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're uh, checking your criminal history. Yeah. We're on your TV. That's something that Dan likes to do <laughs> in his spare time. Still just loading up. He's like any a, good uh, government agency. Yeah. 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 Image. He's a Come checker. On. Yeah, I like to check. Yeah, I check. I check things. I check things. <laughs> I'm, I'm a pusher, Katie. I push people. <laughs> I push people. All right, there's our key. Um, I don't know if we're live. I really hope we are. If we're not, whatever. I'm still going to talk into this microphone. Uh, it's Amber Live at five. Not. We're happy to be here. Uh, mm-hmm. We hope you are too. We hope you've had a good day. It's Thursday. Thursday rest day for us. Oh, it is too. Yeah, oh, God. Uh, sixth favorite day of the week. I can't back that up. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy Thursdays. Yeah, Thursdays are fantastic, in my opinion. Usually by Thursday, I'm fucked. And by I'm, Wednesday, I'm usually pretty cooked. I am very much ready for a rest mm. by Thursday. Um, I don't know where Instagram is fucking going. So, mommy, here it is. Found it. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, we used to do. I think traditionally people try to get their rest days on a weekend. Is that a thing that? People I think do? that's. I think that's fairly normal, depending on how often you train. It's like, um, yeah, either yeah, like Saturday, Sunday, someone might have off. If assuming they have two rest days, I used to. When we were in the army, I used to structure my training so that I could drink on the weekend. Mm. I think that's a big part of it. I think people like to have a rest day on the weekend so they can time it with being hungover. Yeah. Well, that's just if you're younger, if you're more maybe a mature adult, you want it just for like when you just got your days off, like oh. you're busy all week. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think um, I think most people put, don't put their rest days on a weekday. No. Or, I mean, I can't really, I can't really speak to this. If you have a training program, jump in the chat okay, um, and let us know when your rest days are because I, when I structure someone else's program, I try to do it in a way that uh, they're resting on the days that they're actually able to rest. Mm. You know, so for us, the weekend was one of our best opportunities to rest when we were in the army, although I wasn't very well rested, you know, because... Well, yeah, that was the thing, you know, you'd spend the whole week super busy or then you yeah. work, you gym-wise, you might work really hard, but on the weekend, you just like yeah. fucking go wild and not undo everything, but you definitely don't assist it. You put a dent in it. <laughs> yeah, you I put a, a good dent in it. And I think that's interesting. I think maybe I would have been better off if I'd made one of my Carl rest Carl said... Or Wednesday just, or Thursday. Or just a sober all the time like Dan. Yeah, like <laughs> some fucking loser there like yeah. me. Matthew said weekend for weekend for two. I think he means for me too, mate. mate. For me too, mate. Yeah, yeah. So I think people traditionally aim for the weekend as the rest day. It because makes sense. It's the rest from the rest of their week. Oh well, yeah, it makes sense. But hey, that's super weird. Let They're me um, to, um, oh, do our subtitles. Oh, that's cool. Let that's me try and <laughs> let me throw a spanner in the works for all of you out there that decide on your training program and when you rest and when you don't. If you are training for something, maybe it's a uh, you know, you want to do a Tough Mudder or you want to do a powerlifting event or, you know, you've got some goal in mind, 
but you find that those pesky weekends tend to get in the way because uh, you maybe you do drink a little bit and and you find you're not recovering as well as you should. I found something that was really really helpful for me uh, prioritizing my fitness goals over other things in my life was changing my rest day to a weekday which meant that I had to train on the weekends. Mm. So, And I put my favorite sessions on the weekends. So that's another thing that you can do hand in hand. You put, you know, those sessions where you're lifting the biggest amount of weight or, you know, you're pushing yourself really hard or you're really excited for, I don't know if other people do that. I get really excited. What about the It depends on what some people might like their sessions where they get a sick arm pump. Yeah. Others, you know, I like sessions where we just get to go. Yeah. So... Put, and I'm sure you haven't, put the sessions that you don't like to miss, those ones that you get really psyched up for and pumped for, put those on the weekend and then put your rest day in the middle of the week. And that way when you're trying to make that decision like, oh, should I go out? It's Friday night. You know, if I get lit, I'm going to, you know, be hungover in bed all day tomorrow. I probably won't exercise. And you're conflicted, you know, you're throwing up between, do I want to just go out and fucking go wild or do I really, really want those goals that I'm training hard for? It's going to be easier to pick the long-term success goals if the best sessions are on the weekend. So you no longer have to make that decision anymore. You no longer have to choose between drinking and your favorite gym session because you already know, oh, I'm going to go to the gym session. Mm. I'm going. I'm not going to drink as much because I still want to do that sick session that I had planned. So if you change your training week so that it's no longer a Monday to Friday week, change your training week so that it runs like ours runs Friday to Wednesday. So we start our best, our biggest sessions. Friday is heavy lower body. So probably one of my favorite sessions in the week, I squat or I deadlift as heavy as fucking possible on Friday nights. Mm. And I love those sessions. I'm certainly not going at like not looking to go out and get fucked up over my heavy squats and deadlifts or I would rather do the gym session and usually by the time I've done that gym session, I'm too fucked to go do anything else anyway. Yeah, and I think people get, it's kind of just intuitive to make your gym week Monday to Sunday yeah. because it's just you know, how yeah. weeks are. But you don't have to do that. You can from wherever yeah. you want. Yeah, yeah definitely. And we've- no here is said I'm pumped for deadlifts tomorrow. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then um, and then in, what I do on Sundays, we do our heavy upper body. So mm. there's even more incentive. People love upper body. You know? yeah. They love bench press. They love the titty pump. They love the bulging tries, bicep curls, whatever. You know, you put your, um, you know, you put that session that you just are never gonna fucking skip. Put that on your Sunday, and then the last thing you want to do is be hungover for it. Mm. You don't want to be drinking Saturday night if on Sunday you know you've got to do this heavy bench press or something because otherwise you're prioritizing this one night of I'm spending money fucking pouring drinks down the drain and basically you're just going to wake up feeling like shit over getting that sick pump or lifting weight that you've never been able to lift before. So you tend to over time restructure the way you think about your weekend and then you go, oh, my weekend is actually my time where I get to train and then the rest of my week is where I maximise my rest. And that way if your work is really stressful and you have a rest day in the middle of the week like Wednesday or Thursday, you have a break midweek to catch your breath, you know, and go, okay, I don't have to train today. You know, Mm. I can put all my shitty work on Thursdays, all the admin that I have to do. I'll just do it on Thursdays because I don't have to worry about being tired. You know, I get to, maybe I get a little bit of a sleep in if I train in the mornings. Thursdays, maybe you take the sleep in. 
or um, maybe you get to just go straight home after work. Well, yeah, I just find that was pretty good. I always enjoyed when I did have a rest day, say on a work day. Mm. I did enjoy going straight from work, straight like to home. Yeah. Um, one, it was just like different from my usual thing because I was yeah. so used to when I used to um, train those afternoons after work. I was so used to just going straight from work to the gym yeah. and then not getting home until, say, like, you know, 6 p.m. at night. Yeah. Um, it was quite nice to get home at, like, you know, 4.30 or something. Yeah, yeah, just do whatever. You feel like you got a bit of time between having to wake up early the next day. Mm. And then, you know, this is another reason why I particularly like Thursdays is Thursdays, come straight home from work. You know, it's just far enough into the week where you're already looking forward to the weekend. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, so Wednesday's hump day. You get past Wednesday and you go, fuck yes, I'm on the home stretch now. I'm heading towards the weekend. But Thursday's that one pesky fucking day that you have to get over before you've hit Friday. And Friday's basically a write-off anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> to make Thursday a good day, you make it your rest day and you go, oh, well, I don't have to train today. Thursday is my breather day. That's where I catch my breath. I make sure I've got everything done for the week so that I don't have to worry about it on Friday when all I care about is my fucking heavy leg day or my heavy bench day that I've put that I can look forward to that after work. So it gives you that like Wednesday hump day and maybe you just do an accessory session then or something or, you know, maybe on Wednesday you do your very worst training session. That's mm. another recommendation. Like if you've, if you've got a cardio session that you absolutely fucking hate, do it on a Wednesday and a Monday. Um, that way... You know, you just make Mondays that day where you just fucking deal with it, get it out of the way, whatever. Um, and then Wednesday you get that session done, but you know as soon as that session's done, Thursday's coming up, you get to catch your breath. Yeah. I think we were even saying yesterday we were sitting here just going, oh, yes, rest day tomorrow. Mm. And we love lifting weights. Like it's basically the premise of half of our fucking business. Yeah. <laughs> Is it's just the nature of like the intensity we train at is that by by the end of the week, the last day, mm. and especially Tuesdays are pretty brutal. Tuesdays are rough. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Wednesdays aren't too bad for yeah. us. But yeah. yeah, we're so tired by that point. After I'm done the Wednesday session, we're just like, oh, fuck yes. Tomorrow yeah. I can just chill out. And that's how your training should be is the purpose of a rest day is it shouldn't just be in there because you think you need to rest one day a week or mm. two days a week or whatever. The rest, if you have a rest day in your program, I'm not saying it's necessary. Uh, there are a lot of programs out there that do not require a day off. Um, but then there's also a lot of programs that you can use that rest day. Um, the reason why we have one in our program is that Friday is extremely heavy lower body. We push ourselves right to the limit. Saturday is a leg accessory session, so we're basically doubling down on everything we did the day before with accessory work. Friday, heavy upper body, same thing, pushing ourselves as hard as we can right to the limit with upper body exercises. Monday, uh, accessory upper body, so we're working on all that same shit that we just worked on but now for double the reps, twice the amount of sets, whatever. And then Tuesday rolls around, you're back on your legs doing what you said before, quite mm. an intense, it's a dynamic session where we've got bands on the bar. It's a completely different stimulus. Our central nervous system is just absolutely shook basically because you're now squatting 
not super heavy weight, but you're pushing yourself as hard as you possibly can to squat it as fast as you can or as perfect technique as you can possibly manage for those 10 sets or 12 sets that we do on a Tuesday. Same thing for upper body on Wednesday. Andrew Robinson said I have to go Monday to Friday, only days the gym has a childcare. Okay, yeah, so that's enough. an interesting point. Yeah, yeah. so it's something that we don't have to consider yes. as um, yeah, dudes without spawn. <laughs> without offspring yeah um but yeah that's that's fair you know yeah no, that makes that's a total good point. sense but uh, i guess that's something yeah you can use i think i think my advice still stands in this particular uh situation in terms of how you structure your training week so try to structure it with like um if you can only train monday to friday because of the childcare thing on mondays try to if you dread mondays because of work try to put a training session that you really love on Mondays so that you can offset that Monday where you wake up on Monday and you go, ah, fuck work, but I cannot wait to get to the gym. Mm. And then with Fridays, you're sort of scaling it up and down through the week. You still keep one of your really good sessions on Friday as well so that you prioritize it over potentially going out and getting pissed that night or whatever. I mean, I don't know what people's discipline's like for me. I went through a phase where I definitely chose going out uh, over a, a, an effective training session or I would be one of those people that would go to the gym and because it was Friday or Saturday night and I knew I was going out that night, I would do something that was more of a pump sesh than was actually contributing to my fucking program. So, um, But a good way to avoid doing stuff like that is to, um, is to change the way you look at your training week so that the sessions are complementing the way you are forced to live your life rather than detracting from it. You know, if you are restricted to Monday to Friday, but like I said before, you really don't want to go to work on Mondays, put a session on Monday that you just really love. And mm. it's going to give you something to look forward to on that day. So work is just a blip on the radar before you get to go and do that awesome gym session that you would just normally that do. small blip. Yeah, yeah just, just that eight-hour eight hour. <laughs> My long-term advice is try to find a better job. Yeah. <laughs> We got another one, Nathan. Yeah, Andrew Robinson said, upper, lower, push, pull legs, unless you got a free, better idea. Well, we do. Every, well, I do have us, two free there. programs on our train on our website. Everything we have is free. Yeah, mm. all of this is free. It's all for you. Except belts. It <laughs> <laughs> cost us money. Um, upper, lower, push, pull legs. Do you mind if we ask lower. what you're actually training for, Andrew? Yeah. Yeah, it's I, kind of... Important, yeah. yeah. Um, legs, yeah. I sort of understand because you can do an upper lower split or you can do a push pull leg split. A push pull leg split tends to be three days, three days rest day, um, or three days rest, three days rest. So, um, with push pull legs, you would do say, um, all your presses Monday, all your rows Tuesday, mm. and then. I don't know, squats and deads on Wednesday or something like that. Um, I don't like that split that much. I think it is too upper body dominant. I would prefer an upper lower split, uh, which is basically what we do. We do upper lower. Uh, so going from Friday, we do lower, lower, upper, upper, lower, upper. So that's the six days of the week. Um, but the reason we do it that way is because we go heavy, lower, light accessories lower yeah so those two sessions complement each other um but if you are going to do a push pull leg split i would say 
Uh, don't do deadlifts. Um, do lots and lots of squats because uh, the deadlifts probably don't need as much attention as you think they do. And lots of people like to prioritize deadlifts because they like them. Yeah, they like them. But and they get good at them easily. Mm, but um, they're not doing the stuff you want them to. Get good at squats. It's much yeah. better for you. And there's a bit of crossover to deadlifts mm. as opposed to the other way around. Yeah, if you can squat really heavy, you can probably pull pretty heavy too. Uh, but if you can pull really heavy, it, the carryover to squatting is not nearly as uh, as easy to see. So um, he did say something, but I can't quite read it. said a lot of stuff, actually. Okay, so beginner, and it was first on Google. I think that's the program that he's doing. What's the next one say? Muscle gain. Muscle gain, I would like. Okay, yeah, so... Um, if you're, you can do whatever split you want, whatever you feel um, is going to get you into the gym doing the work, the way you like to do it is the most effective split in that mm. sense. If you want to put on muscle, you just need to be in the gym consistently. Basically. Yeah. And if you Google the beginner program, I assume it's your fairly beginner level and the, you'll get results no matter what, basically. Yeah. 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 As long as you, everything you're doing is not causing injury, then whatever you're doing yeah. is probably good for you. Do we um, have a, pro, a beginner's program? Kind there's of a basic conjugate program on there. Oh, mm. yeah. Um, I mean, you can try it if you want. Just go on to anviltd.com. In our articles section, uh, there's an article that's just called Basic Conjugate. And I should it, put that um, beginner strength on. I did as well. Yeah. Of the... um, and, I mean, we've got a bunch of programs. If you want one, just message us. We'll send it to you. Mm. We don't sell programs. We just give them away for free because, like you have seen, you just Google it and it's the first one that pops up. Um, but when you Google something like that, maybe the terms that you put in, uh, because you're a beginner, you don't know 100% what you're looking for, you might not end up with exactly the right thing. So uh, we're happy to put together programs. It doesn't take us very long. Anyone that tells you it's going to take forever is lying. Um, if you want something really specific, obviously uh, you should sit down with a coach and talk to them about your injuries and and your, what kind of progress you want to make and what goals you have. But... Um, if you're the kind of person that is willing to take your training into your own hands and is going to put the time aside to do five days of gym a week and you're willing to look on YouTube at how the exercises need to be done and you're doing it for a, a pretty one. basic goal. No, no, not that one. What was it called? Basic conjugate, I think. Um, yeah, there it is. That top, the one. top one. Yeah, it's um, if you're willing to do all of that stuff and you're working within your own limits, then... You know, a basic program will do what you need it to. Um, I would say if you are looking to put on muscle, make sure that you are eating a balanced diet, lots of vegetables especially, um, and make sure that you are eating two grams of protein for every gram of, uh, for every kilo of body weight. So if you weigh 100 kilos like I do, I try to eat around 200 grams of protein a day, right? So... You do the math, it's pretty simple. Um, just double your body weight and eat that in grams of protein a day is a pretty good guide. Um, the reason for that is the muscle growth can't occur without the nutrients to fuel it. So you can be doing everything perfectly in the gym. You know, you're hitting five sets of eight for bench press and every rep is fucking perfect and you're activating the chest, all these all these cool pro words that people all 
spew out to you. But if you're not doing it with your diet as well, you're just not going to get the results that you want, right? Mm. Um, make sure that if you are, if you do need to increase your food intake to get that amount of protein in, you decrease something on the side because you don't want to just be eating a shitload and getting fat as fuck, right? Mm. So we want that uh, double body weight amount of protein basically, um, but not to the point where you're overeating, you know, so you might have yeah. to cut the carbs back a little bit. Yeah, you want to slide um, for strength strength slash size gains, you want a slight caloric surplus. Yeah. So slightly over what you're using. Andrew, I put it in the uh, I put it in the comments, the link to it, to the basic conjugate training program. I don't yeah. know if you've got to click it, but just copy it and paste it. Yeah. Now um, the difference between a conjugate and look for um, beginners, my favorite strength program is five three one. Uh, it's not mine. It was made by a guy named Jim Wendler. He's a very famous American powerlifter, a uh, very knowledgeable guy. And all you have to do is Google 531. So it's the numbers 531. Um, and there's an app for it. I'm pretty sure there's free variations of the app. The, yeah, there's a free version and like a pro version. Yeah. And we use the free version for at least like a yes, couple of years you know, or something. It said 531. Yeah, 531 is an absolute banger. I love it. It's not conjugate. It's a linear progression. Um, but there's, you know, or you can do starting strength or uh, five I did, by five. I did starting strength originally, and it's good as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but ideally what we're looking for is uh, a very small amount of um, compound movements. So mm. bench, squat, deadlift, uh, the three basic ones are my... Preferred ones for beginners would be uh, overhead press, squat, and bent over row. I think they are uh, better beginner movements, uh, but as long as you're doing the squats, everything else, in my opinion, isn't as important. Um, but, yeah, 531, absolute banger, and you could do that literally for two fucking years, and you're going to make great progress. Um, as long as every time you walk in the gym you just do what the app says and then you focus on hitting the perfect technique for every rep. You'll be head and shoulders above almost everyone else in there. I guarantee it. Um, and then once you leave the gym, eat your fucking protein and then you're going to, you gain muscle. Uh, so yeah, my advice rather than, you know, a push pull split or, you know, a generic, um, on. Upper hey, lower Look. split, Naomi, we got your evolve belt. <laughs> yeah, welcome, Naomi. You can't even Thanks tell that it was one of the ones that didn't get sent out because something wrong. She so put something up. Oh my god, my belt. Um, <laughs> yeah, rather than you know your generic bro splits, which I mean they have their place, but uh, five through one is so good, and it's weights training four times a week. Right, you've got strict press, squats, deadlifts, bench press, and that is easily enough gym work to achieve the muscle gain that any beginner would want. Mm. Um, and it's going to, it's well-rounded enough that you're going to end up with very few imbalances as long as you you keep it simple and you work really hard on your technique at the same time. Um, it's, it's one of those programs that ticks pretty much all the boxes for beginners, I think. Um, it it'll last you a few years. It did for us. Yeah, absolutely. Because the way it works is you got your uh, your main lift of the day, which say it's squats. You do your 
sets of squats so i think it was from memory like three warm-up sets and three yeah. working sets yeah and um then you go into you, you'll have like three accessories where it's just like a oh, big uh big but boring it's called yeah. and it's like five sets of 10 of each but obviously the lightweight and um 60 percent. 60 okay yeah um so yeah and it, it works it it fucking works man yeah yeah, yeah it's got and i mean five three one is a really good program if you want to learn how to lift as well um just because of the way and if you want to learn how to program uh for any kind of training it's one of those programs that sets things up really well in the sense that you have your main lift like dan's saying the main thing that you need to accomplish that day for example it might be bench press you've got three warm-up sets where you work gradually up with say uh 30%, 40%, 50% on the bar. Then you've got your three working sets on the first week. It's uh, three sets of five. You do a set of five at 75%, a set of five at 80%, and then a set of five at 85%. And then on that last set of five, you try and do as many reps as possible. Mm. So it's an AMRAP set. Um, so what we're learning there is with your main effort work, you need to push yourself as hard as possible, right? So that's a really good training principle that uh, that anyone should learn uh, when you first start training. With that max effort work, it really is that. With your main lift, you want to push yourself. It, it, needs, it only needs to be one set, but that one set needs to really push you as hard as you can possibly go you know, with a significant amount of weight. Yeah, and the um, level of strain you're going to get from that is going to yeah. give you big boosts in your uh, size gains yeah. as well. And then after that, you do, like Dan said, um, five sets of what's called uh, boring but big, which is five sets of 10. So it's called boring but big because it's a lot of volume. It's the volume that you need to induce what's called sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. So that's where you're going to see the increase in muscle size. That's where you're going to see the stimulation of muscle fibers that don't normally get stimulated on a day-to-day -day basis. That's where we're trying to take you... Uh, to failure or close to failure, but with a weight that is very manageable so that every single rep is as close to perfect technically as possible. Uh, so you're using around 60% and you're doing sets of 10. And when we say 60%, we mean a weight that you can do 10 reps, but 12 would be your absolute limit, mm. right? So, and when I try to program or when I train people, um, Wombat, I try to aim. Up. Hey, bro. He's on Twitch. Oh. Nice. Uh, when I program, I try to aim for a weight for people where they can do 8 to 10 reps, but 10 to 12 would be their failure. Mm. So I don't mind if they're getting 10, but 12 would be too much. Or we push to 12 and then we go up a little bit, So, that, but then they can only get 8. You know, we're working within that bracket of 8 to 12. There's no strict you must do 8 every single time or it's not going to work. What we need to do is take you within one to two reps of failure and the rep range should be about eight to 12, which is that that really golden zone for inducing hypertrophy. Aaron and Lockie, Aaron Wakeham. And hey, guys. Another benefit to the boring but big part is five sets of 10 is 50 reps at a weight where you can make it technically perfect so that you're now getting 50 movements over and over again of perfecting your bench press or perfecting your squat. You know, so that's a really key part. If you're ever looking to program or if you're looking to move into, you know, strength stuff, um, you really need to understand the importance of volume 
uh, especially when it comes to developing those neural pathways so that you learn how to squat properly every single time you get under the bar. Mm, for anyone that's joined, we're just um, talking about a question that was about programs, mm. um, this specifically for that person for size and yeah, slash strength gains. Muscle, yeah. yeah, we've been chatting about mainly the 531 program from Jim Wenlo. Yeah. If you've got um, anything about the program you're on at the moment, we'd love to hear about it. Chuck mm. it in the chat. If you've got any questions about programming, if you've got any questions about what you should be doing in the gym, Jim's open on June 12th up in Queensland. Um, I know gyms are starting to open all around the world now, like even in the States, they're starting to open gyms up again. Uh, or maybe you have to wait till July. I saw one state, California, I think, has to wait till July or something. And Arizona is open today. So yeah, right. They must be less infectable in Arizona. Or yeah, something. land of the phoenix, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you have questions about your program, or if you're on a specific type of program and you just think it's the absolute tits. Fucking put it in the chat. We'd love mm. to hear about it. Three sets of ten. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Um, and then going back to Jim Wendler's 531, we talked about the main effort lift, so your main movement for the day. We talked about the boring but big, which is the same movement but for less weight and for much more reps. And then Dan mentioned you do sort of three accessory lifts, mm. which is another really important thing to learn that the accessories – should uh, be about 80% of your total volume for the day. So what I mean by that is where you might do um, fucking 30 total reps on your main lift, then with the accessories, that boring but big, you're doing 50 reps in that accessory, right? And it's considered an accessory because it's much lighter. And then after that, you might do um, three accessory movements where you're doing three sets of 12 each time or three sets of 20, you know. So the weight goes right down for this accessory stuff. Mm. And the purpose for those accessory lifts at the end there is something called prehabilitation or you could call it rehabilitation or injury prevention. You could call it working on your weaknesses. You can call it basically anything. But the premise behind the exercises you choose for your accessories, uh, they should stay the same for at least six weeks. So you should try not to vary these movements for at least six weeks because you want to get the most out of these movements. Um, you should gradually try to increase the weight each time. But like I said before, you should be aiming for that 12 to 20 rep sweet spot uh, where you're making the technique perfect. But on top of that, to really work on weaknesses, you need to choose exercises that are complementing your training program rather than detracting from it. So... Um, ideally, we're looking at more compound movements, If you want to, especially if you want to build muscle. Um, some absolute bangers, say you're doing uh, a bench press day, all three of those accessory movements should be upper back related in some way. Um, or you could do two upper back and one core movement. Um, so a couple of good examples, you might do three sets of 12 to 20 face pulls, three sets of 12 to 20 lat pull down, and then three sets of one minute on plank. That's mm. a that's a great upper body session with the bench press to begin with that is going to do wonders for your bench press. You shouldn't be doing something like, um, you know, I'm going to do all this bench press work and then I'm going to go and do lunges or something. Like in that mm. situation, it's not... bench press, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in that situation, it's not doing you a lot of favours. Or let's say you want to gain muscle you probably shouldn't be looking at these 
like isolation -y movements that don't do a whole lot for uh, muscle growth on the entire body. So I wouldn't recommend following up your fucking two things of bench press with three different types of bicep curls. No. This is not something that, I mean, you might get a cool bicep pump, but your biceps are going to grow from the back work that you do because a lot of your back work is a compound movement that involves the arms, yeah. right? So you're going to do a lot of work on the biceps already if you're doing back work. But if you just do bicep work, you're ignoring a whole lot of muscle mass on the back that is also going to help with your bench press. So what I mean by this is just be a bit smarter about how you choose the exercises that you do with this time you have in the gym. You probably don't have a lot of spare time anyway. I mean, Andrew has kids. He can only go to the gym on days where they've got daycare. Um, so he probably can't spend two fucking hours or three hours in the gym. Just every banging out day. every angle of his back yeah. after his bench press. Yeah. Um, and unless you're a professional bodybuilder, there really isn't any point to that anyway. You should be aiming for the 45-minute to one-hour mark, like realistically, every time you enter the gym. Um, now, with that 45 minutes to an hour, wasting half of that on three different types of bicep curls, it might make you look good in the mirror for the next 45 minutes but it's not doing you any favors for one balance on your body you really want to be able to balance the muscle groups that you're building and two you're isolating something that is going to get worked a whole bunch of anyway, different other yeah. ways and it's it's creating um these imbalances that could cause weaknesses or later on cause injury you know if you spend so much time on your biceps and not enough time on posterior back stuff then you're going to end up with potentially pec tears from an anterior dominant physique. You know, there's a whole lot of stuff that comes into play. So when you choose these accessory lifts, really, really focus on what you want to achieve rather than what you're good at, I think. Mm. Is well, I was about to say, I think it, um, accessory is a good chance to work on the things you're not good at, mm. um, mm -hmm. which as Marshall was saying before, if you've just done bench press, it's a good idea to do either two or three back exercises yeah. because you most likely have a weak upper back. Almost yeah. everyone does, yeah. Um, especially at beginner level unless you've been working on it for ages. And for lower body stuff, it's usually the posterior anyway. Yeah. Um, similar case, that. yeah. And that's something you need to work on. Um, so, And identifying where you're weak is not only difficult if, without external help from someone else, yeah. um, then you also need to know what exercises to do to work on those. Yeah, Dim, so, Dim Coin said learning hella about the complementary slash extra slash non compound exercises are here. Oh. Thank you for the Thank feedback. You. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we appreciate it. Yeah, it's learning a lot. Yeah, really uh, glad to hear that. Now we have the motivation to go until 6, 6 p.m. Yeah, we'll yeah, we'll we'll yeah. yeah. It's really sad that no one was listening. <laughs> no, thanks. And we really do appreciate the we feedback. Do appreciate yeah. The feedback yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, it's learning. It's. The process of learning what you're shit at, like example, if you find you once you start struggling on the bench and you find that you on your last rep you get up halfway and then once it goes to your triceps and you fall down, there's possibly a tricep yeah. weakness. And then you may need to incorporate some tricep into your accessories and yeah. there's, you know, a million examples of that. But it's a process to work that out and it takes time unless you have someone with experience telling you what yeah. it is. I think if I had to give one piece of advice, and for anyone that's just joined or is uh, tuning in recently, we're talking about programming and what you could be doing in the gym, what you are doing in the gym. If you do have a program that you really love, send it into our chat. We'll have a look at it. 
Um, we've got a bunch of free, pro I think there's two free programs on our website in the articles section. And like we said before, if you don't have a program and you're struggling to think one up, we'll happily uh, respond to your messages on Instagram, mm. Facebook, whatever. You just let us know. Um, it might not be a case of us writing you a tailor-made program. Uh, we might not have time to do that, but we will point you in the right direction. And like we said before, uh, if you are a beginner and you're looking to gain strength, uh, something like Starting Strength 5x5 five five or 531 are all three awesome programs that will give you all you need to know as far as basics go. Um, now, the advice that I would give to someone, and I mean, when I say advice that I would give, this is the kind of advice that I'd wish someone had given me when mm. I first got into the gym. Um, I wish someone had come up on day one and said, don't waste your fucking time with isolation exercises for the first 12 to 24 months. Mm. You know, because you can get so much more out of smashing compound movements every time you get into the gym and you're going to maintain balance. You'll just build better, um, a better physique overall. Your strength will stay, will continuously go up. If you, I mean, you've got, your body has about a 45 minute to one hour window where it can really perform at its optimal amount in the gym every day. You know, you can push it out to two or three hours or whatever, but that first 45 minutes is the time that you're going to get the absolute most out of. Right? Um, Grace Ball asks your favorite ankle mobility exercise. Um, there's a really good one where you attach a band to the front of your ankle. You did this one, didn't you? Yeah. 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 And, um, um, we might have to link it later because I don't know what it's called. Yeah, it's kind of hard to explain sometimes these yeah. things without, you know, um, without misleading. I'll see what I can. Yeah, we might be able to link it. Um, so just stay tuned. Nathan will try and throw a link in there. Do you know what it's called? Just look up banded ankle mobility. Mm. Um, but going back to the avoiding isolation uh, exercises, not isolation from COVID. <laughs> <laughs> um, you should really avoid isolation movements because unless you are a professional bodybuilder that has gotten on stage and maybe the judges have mentioned to you that your pec development isn't quite what it could be or your triceps just aren't popping down the bottom near the mm. elbow or your calves aren't, you know, they're just letting the rest of your physique down you are wasting your time doing fucking calf raises. Mm. I, get, I guarantee you. Instead, fill that 45 minutes with heavy squats. Lunges are fucking awesome. Um, unilateral work like um, Bulgarian split squats. Uh, any manner of hip hinges. You could be doing a bunch of kettlebell work. Uh, you could be doing, you know, a whole variety of deadlifts. You know, you could be doing sumo deadlifts, uh, conventional deadlifts, bent over rows, uh, you could be doing rack pulls at all different heights. All of these compound movements are hitting things like carbs, hammies, glutes, quads. You could do hip thrusts, you know. I don't see enough dudes doing hip thrusts in general, but hip thrusts are a great compound movement that manage to target quads, hammies, glutes, erectors, you know, all of these different movements that you can load up quite heavy and push yourself really hard without having to worry about getting on a fucking calf, uh, calf raise and doing three sets of 100 raises. Mm. If you want to grow big calves, spend fucking 30 minutes on an exercise bike after every session or walk uphill for 30 minutes a day. Skip. Yeah, or skip, you know. There's 
there's a whole bunch of compound work that you can fill these 45 minutes to an hour with every time you're in the gym rather than going, oh, I need to hit close grip curls, wide grip curls, tricep overhead extensions, you know, rather than just going, I'm going to go in and do my upper body session today. My upper body session has a dumbbell bench press working up to really heavy, dumbbell shoulder press, and then a shitload of back work. And while you work the back, you're also working the buys and try and get some heaves this is it. chin ups yeah that's the that's it there i'm playing it on the screen <clears throat> oh, <not laughs> it's squat university it's yeah stuff. yeah yeah so this uh video that's up on the screen right now is that it what's happening yeah it'll come up it's okay so it's probably going to come, come up now it's squat university's joint ankle mobilization uh banded work uh squat university if you don't already follow them on instagram amazing page mm. definitely worth a look they know more than just squats uh, Dr. Aaron Horshig, I think his name is. Um, but he wrote a book called Squat University, I think. That's what the, book, <laughs> that's what the fucking book's called. Yeah, he's not, not um, many ideas. <laughs> yes, but he knows his fucking shit and he is constantly releasing videos that are very easy to consume on Instagram uh, that will help with any manner of your lifting issues. Uh, so for, any, who, for whoever asked about joint mobilization, Oops. ankle work, that video right there is the starting point. Um, once you have, gross. I'd like to know why you are looking at ankle mobility. I have a feeling it has to do with squat depth. Mm. Um, um, yeah, well, that's why I was, that was my issue with ankle mobility. Yes. It was affecting my squat and my deadlift. Something. Yeah, it was just changing over. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Something's wrong. Um, yeah, so for anyone who's tuned in, thanks for tuning in. We're talking about programming, and oh, we can. just answered a question about ankle mobility. Um, but if the ankle mobility is something to do with squat depth, there are a whole bunch of other things that you should also be looking at uh, to assess your squat, basically. Um, like why do you need to go that deep? Um, if you are looking to do an... I can't hit squat depth, just off below parallel. Just off below parallel. Okay. Uh, what kind of squats are they? Are you doing great? Yeah. Like um, like conventional or... Well, more oh, so no. like what kind of sport are you training for? Like do you do high bar close stance or you do powerlifting um, or I guess Olympic lifting, but that would be the high bar. Um, mm. Or are you squatting just for quad and glute development? Mm. It's a bit delayed here. It's like thirty yeah. seconds. Yeah, that's so right. So if you, want to, answer, yeah. if you yeah. want to message the page, but that's all right. I can I can well. talk about squats for the next. How long do we have? I'll let you know when fifteen you... minutes. Okay, twenty minutes. Um, so squats are a big one. Uh, so if you just said, could that be hips or glutes though as well, rather than specifically ankles? Yeah. So it's not just ankles, mm. and it never is just ankles. Um, now, the number one quick fix for poor ankle mobility to get a deeper Low squat. bar powerlifting newbie. Oh, okay, cool. Chelsea um, calves even, question mark. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be. It's. I would say that your first step, if you do have poor ankle mobility, and that's something that's been identified for you by a coach, is 
Uh, Grace said he's coming off bodybuilding. Right. So going into powerlifting. Uh, is elevate the ankle, uh, elevate the heels. Yeah, that helped with me a lot. Elevate the heels yeah, on, just so on a plate. If you don't have lifting shoes, which I've been using lifting shoes for me and the like where I squat, I use lifting shoes. It just works best for me. Yeah. Um, I've been using them for years. I think I first got them when I started doing Olympic lifting, but I use them for regular squatting. Yeah, can you use them in comps? Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if you don't have them, you can just get um, a couple like a 1.25 or 2.5 kilo plates and just slide them and just be careful. And then you just stand on them, just your heels, yeah. put them on when you squat. Just be careful you don't trip on them when yeah. you're walking backwards. And I would recommend two plates rather than one uh, just because with one plate, it's very difficult to adjust uh, your stance to the right width. Um, and my advice if you are working into powerlifting is that you should be squatting wider than what you probably are right now. Um, I would also say that if you are having trouble breaking parallel in the squat, uh, you need to start working with box squats. So uh, set a box at the height that you can currently achieve comfortably to get to depth, uh, and then take about an inch off that box, squat down to that, and yeah. take an inch off that. Like, you know, gradually over time, maybe uh, every two to four weeks, you take about an inch off that box height so a way to do it is, you know, usually there's the smallest height box that you can get for like step ups and shit. Um, Put a different size plate on top. Of Grace it. said, "What lifting shoes would you recommend?" I don't. Uh, is there much of a difference in because like there's good brands, man? Like you the can, affordable some, ones. Yeah. yeah, like they can be pretty expensive. Like be the same as a brand new pair of runners. It's like yeah. close to two hundred bucks for yeah, a decent sucks. pair. Yeah. Um, um, if you've got the money to spend it, your pretty standard brands all have all sell them. I think um, my ones are Adidas. Yeah, I think mine my ones are three lines. Yeah. I don't wear them anymore, but yeah, you don't wear those anymore. But um, mine are really mine. old Reebok, like six or seven years old. Well, yeah. yeah, like you know, pretty much all your big brands should sell them, or like Adidas. Um, yeah. I'm, I, I look on Facebook. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't read a few here. Dim said, "What about old flat Connie shoes?" I so, so we, still do. I don't squat in. So I squat in my lifting shoes, but everything else I do in my flat Connies. Marshalls Which, uh, are always in Connies. Falling apart. Yeah, literally falling <laughs> yeah, apart. Everything get you pair. Um, but Dim Queen said, "Is flat good or bad for squats? Normal? It's not really either. It just depends on shoulder stance." Okay, so um, the that it depends on what squat we're trying to achieve here. So. Um, if you want a full astagrass squat, like the only real um, positive to full astagrass squat, as far as uh, competitive wise, is is if you are going into Olympic lifting, you need to get as far under the bar as possible, right? Um, because the further you can get under the bar, the lower you have to lift it off the ground, right? So, Ideally, your squat is deep as fuck so that your pull isn't as high. It's just doing yourself a favor, right? If you are powerlifting, your squat should be as close to parallel but still being just below it because the less movement you have to do with that heavy bar, the more likely you are to succeed. So a powerlifting squat ideally should be just breaking parallel, and by parallel I mean the hip crease passes the line of the knee, and the best way to achieve that is to ensure that your knee is as close to or directly above your ankle as possible, right? So in the perfect world, and this is not going to apply to 98% of people, right? In a perfect world, when a powerlifter squats, their knee stays directly over, over their ankle, their shin stays completely straight. straight, they sit back 
far enough that their hip crease dips just below the knee because that is the smallest range of movement we can get in the squat and it also recruits the most amount of muscle groups so posterior chain and quads um, now grace said i've got tight hip flexors as well however i do 20 minutes mobility a day yeah okay so um generally tight muscles are so you can do a lot of mobility drills and that can be very helpful, but if the hips are tight in the squat, I would say that it has a lot to do with how you are squatting. So it will never get any better for your squat unless you change the way you squat. So you need to work on uh, these really important cues like um, pushing the knees out is a really mm. good one. Uh, when you squat, the knees should remain out the whole time. It's going to be driving the force down through the outsides of the feet. It's a really important thing for glute activation, um, and it ensures that, you know, you take a lot of stress out of the um, adductors and it just engages everything properly, um, and you're sitting back in the squat rather than just dropping straight down. Uh, now, I do want to go back and address the Olympic squat a little bit. Uh, an arse to grass squat all the way down full depth is the best way to develop uh, your quads and glutes, right? Hands down. This, but you, if you are squatting arse to grass, you shouldn't be thinking in terms of depth, mm. right? Because a lot of the time, an arse to grass squat pushes the knee so far forward that it's still only like maybe an inch below powerlifting depth. So the reason you would squat arse to grass outside of a competitive situation where maybe you're a bodybuilder is uh, is because you want to develop the glutes through their full range of motion and develop the quads through their full range of motion, which is the best way to develop healthy quads and healthy glutes, stuff like that. So, yeah, when, you, when you're looking at adjusting your squat, look at what your goal is um, and then look at the best ways to get there over a period of time. So the box squat is, is pretty much hands down my favorite way to do this. Uh, set the box at the height that you currently squat to. Get comfortable squatting to the box, letting everything relax once you're on the box. I think we've got a video about this on our Instagram or something. Um, and then gradually drop the height down over a period of weeks until the height of the box is at the height that you would pass a powerlifting um, competition. Mm -hmm. you know, they would give you the green light or the white lights. Um, Grace said, thanks, guys. Uh, but before Andrew Robertson said, squat no shoes question mark I yes read, i read a lot yes yeah no shoes is good definitely um so the reason you would squat in shoes is because i don't think you're allowed to get up on a powerlifting platform i think you have to wear shoes <laughs> yeah, yeah without shoes on um the squatting without shoes on is a really good way to engage the muscles in your feet um it also gives you a really good visual cue so if you've got mm. someone watching you and they so i mean we know for my squat, I really need to focus at the moment on driving my knees out because yeah. I'm having issues with my fucking glute activation. Um, but one of the things that happens when I drive my knees out is you can immediately see my flat feet go to arches. You know, you yeah. can see that tripod effect where I'm pushing down through the ball of my foot along the outside and down through the heel. So squatting barefoot is a really good way for someone to be able to tell whether you are engaging your feet like you should be or if you're being a bit lazy about that. So, I, yeah, if you can – and I like to warm up bare feet um, and then I put my shoes on to squat because if I have to get on the platform, then I would be wearing my shoes. So I'm not going to max out shoeless. Um but I squat in Connie, so it's about as close to barefoot as you could probably mm. get. 
Um, so those slippers that some people yeah. wear. Yeah. Um, so yes, especially if you're squatting for just general health and well-being. Um, and if you are squatting for general health and well-being, which Oops. is definitely one of the best uh, ways to go about getting fit is squatting, you should be trying to push yourself through a full range of motion. And when I say a full range of motion, I mean your full range of motion. If you do find that there's a point in the squat where you are getting something like back rounding or uh, flexion, spinal flexion, you're getting tight hips or something, then go back to the box squat, learn to squat perfectly to a depth, make it a little bit deeper over time, right? And as you do that over time, and this is uh, some pretty good advice for Grace, I think, is your ankles will generally gain more mobility over time if you are practicing a perfect squat to depth and then lowering it over time, you know what I mm -hmm. mean? Um, rather than just trying to hit depth right out of the gate every single time, you're probably doing more damage than good uh, by putting your body into a position that it's it's not ready to be in. Yeah, because you'll... You'll manage to get to the depth, but you'll take shortcuts to get there. Yeah. Like, um, and that's just going to cause injury. And like, I have an example with my back flexion. Mm -hmm. So I might push my ass back. And as I come down, I get to this point where it's really hard to get any lower. So instead of just going lower, I just kind of curl, twist, you know, butt wink my ass in to yeah. get it lower by flexing my spine or curving my spine to touch, say, I'm squatting to a box or depth or whatever. So like, oh, yeah, I've hit depth, but I've just curved my spine and put a lot of pressure on my lower back. Yeah. And it's – so it's just – it led to injury basically. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and that's a really good point is um, is if you are trying to achieve a, a standard, a superfluous standard most of the time um, that you see maybe on Instagram where you see someone that says, oh, you must squat ass to grass and you walk in the gym and you go, okay, I've got to squat ass to grass or I'm not squatting and then you just – go hell to leather and you do something like what Dan's uh, done and your body finds a way to get there whether it's trained for that or not. So in Dan's situation, he was going, oh, I need to hit this depth and his body's just doing whatever it can to get to that mm. depth without realising that it's actually putting more pressure on places that it could end up injured. So, I mean, the best way to avoid that is to try to hit the depth gradually over a very long period of time. You know, six weeks is a really good time to aim for uh, and start at your regular squat depth and then just make sure that every time you drop the depth on that box, you know, drop it down fucking less than an inch at a time but every time you drop your that friends depth, won't even realize yeah your friends won't even yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every time you drop that inch off that box you make sure that when you hit the box that squat is perfect it's you know the back is remaining in a neutral braced position and there's no spinal flexion through the movement the knees are remaining out you know there can be forward knee travel there's nothing wrong with mm -hmm. knees traveling forward um in a perfect world, we might try and avoid the knees going right out over the toes, uh, but you're going to avoid that anyway as long as you cue break at the hips first and sit back into the squat. Um, so think, you know, if you're going into the gym and squatting tomorrow and I've just given you a whole bunch of million fucking things to think about, uh, set the box up at a height that's comfortable for you, squat to it with perfect technique every time. And when you're squatting, think about driving the knees out. And I imagine over the next six weeks, you're going to make some progress and your hips are going to start to feel better. Your adductors aren't going to feel as, as tight and your ankle mobility will get better as well. So a couple of those little tips uh, are some good ones just for at, you know, a relatively beginner level 
to turn a squat that is okay, so I like to call it your squat, mm. um, into something that's closer to your perfect squat, you know, because we do need to try to make a compromise between hitting fucking full depth and what your body is currently capable of right now. Yeah. You know, if your ankles are stopping you from hitting depth, your spine's going to be the thing that gets there yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, you know, and we don't want that. Instead, we need to teach your ankles how to flex properly. And But, yeah, that's, I mean, it's a lot of work. None of this is easy. No, it's um, over a matter it of definitely months doesn't, and years. Yeah, it doesn't change overnight. Uh, but it's good to see, Grace, that you're in the gym working on this stuff. Mm. Um, love squatting, probably my favourite thing to do, even though I am not nearly as good at it as I wish I was. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Uh, but, yeah, thanks for tuning in, everyone, today. Amber Live at 5. Yeah, oh, we're up to We're on the home stretch minutes. now. Yeah, thank you for the questions. All the questions are fantastic. We do really appreciate it. Um, yesterday we did a sort of a shit-talking episode yeah yesterday um, was no topics we just fucking started talking and we just chatted for an hour about bullshit yeah yeah and, and we actually got some pretty good feedback so if you did tune in yesterday we really appreciate it if, um we got some feedback saying they want to see that a bit more regularly we're thinking once a week we just do one where we just <laughs> go a bit wild we, yeah. we'll call it wild wednesdays wild wednesdays and yeah. um, wild, west wednesdays. wild west wednesdays and on wednesdays we will just talk about dumb veteran stuff that's most likely offensive so if you don't like offensive things fucking don't so, come on wednesdays mm, we'll wednesdays. see you monday tuesday thursday friday <laughs> yeah. um Every other day of the week, well, Monday to Friday, we're doing Live at Five. We try and hit on anything you guys want to know about, training, education, business, uh, all the topics that we try and cover uh, on our articles. We do have mm. a bunch of articles. Yep, we have. So we've got articles on our websites, uh, ambletd.com, and we've also put all of those. We are in the process of putting all of those into podcast form with a bunch already out and you can find that on Spotify, where the hard way, Ample TD Podcast, and also on YouTube, our channel is Ample Training Development. If you want to listen to those, and we had a we recorded a new one today. Recorded a new one today. I'm in the process of editing the one we recorded two days ago. Yeah, and that should be out tomorrow. And yeah. this the one we did today will be out. You know, a couple of days after that. Yeah. So for some reason, you do enjoy listening to us talk about stuff. The podcasts are more uh sort of a stricter format they structured a little bit a little bit more uh they are very conversational we try to keep everything pretty laid back yeah uh, the articles though if you do if you are interested in sources and stuff most of the articles if they're you know based in science not an opinion piece they will have references as well uh we try to provide some references in all if we do mention something like we say this is the way you must do something mm. we'll try and provide some kind of reference for you um, but rarely is there an occasion where there's one answer to anyone's problems. So um, thanks for tuning in. We do yes. really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for the feedback. It's knockoff. It is. Yeah. It's yeah. knockoff. Um, I, I hope everyone's having a good night, a good week. I hope everyone's having a great rest day. Yep. <laughs> I know we are. Yeah. Um, and we will see you tomorrow. Amber Live at 5, 5 p.m. Monday to Friday. 23 hours from now. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um,